Welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm your host, Christopher Giel, and with this show, my mission is to empower you. I want to inspire those who have forgotten their true worth, their highest potential, and their ultimate capability. I'll be exploring topics that are aimed towards personal growth to help you gain insight and approach life with new perspectives. I want you to increase your impact and help you live a more fulfilling life because limited thinking equals limited being. Let the show begin. Hi there, guys, and welcome to another episode of Exploring Possibility. This is going to be episode number 38. I'm Christopher Gill. I'm going to be acting as your host today. And once again, thanks for all those who are tuning in for the first time. Really, really excited to have you guys here for, for the first time. Hope you guys enjoy the show. To all my regular listeners, welcome back, guys. So happy to have you here and just joining into another listening wisdom fold session. So for today's session, I thought to jump in and tell you guys why I chose to do this topic. So for me, I always struggle to find like my fit. I struggle to find where I you know, excel where I was able to use my strengths at my best, where I was able to just fit in and do the things that I really enjoyed, where I did the things which really fulfilled me. I struggled to find sort of like my purpose in life, especially in work, the things that we, we seem to do daily. You know, I struggled to find my passion in those, in those items that I actioned out every single day. And for that reason, I thought it would be great to get someone on board who can help me discuss these things and go through it and see where we can, you know, grab some insight to learn about how we find our fit in today's extremely uncertain world. So for today's episode, I thought it would be great if we can expand the ideas around finding your fit and if we can create more possibilities in our brains, if we can strengthen our beliefs around the idea of being, of being fulfilled at work or being fulfilled doing the things that we really like doing, being fulfilled with our projects that we pursue every single day. I thought it would be wise to get someone on board and help us discuss all those things. So for today's episode, I got Jane Kesey and she is an American writer and education consultant and a corporate trainer. She's got about 25 books which all range between finding meaning. So that's basically discovering who you are. Uh, she also wrote a few books around team building. So how do we work it out, how we work amongst each other. And also to, she wrote books for as resources for educators. And that's got to do with creating a coaching culture for professional learning communities. She's also the past president of the Association for Psychological Type International. Uh, and that, that's an organization that's dedicated to constructive use of differences. So Jane's deep knowledge into the field of personality and especially how that integrates with work makes her the perfect fit to discuss today's topic, you know, the topic of how we navigate our way towards a more fulfilling future, one that involves using our strengths and matching our work with our core needs. Having said all of that, we dove into what makes us unique and whether we need to use that as we create our futures. We dove into how we should be studying our personalities and how deep we should go with that because that obviously relates with 
the type of work that you could possibly be doing today and how that adds to your fulfillment every single day. We just touched on being lifelong learners because I'm personally very, very, very passionate about that. And then just another, uh, a few other things were around how different personalities attack the work environment, like how we as an introverts or as extroverts go about our daily practice. So those were like the core things that we spoke about. And then one question I'd or one idea that I'd like you to keep in mind is the idea of fulfillment. And then ask yourself the question of how fulfilled you are in your daily practice, in your daily mission, in your daily work. Are you fulfilled at work? I know there's a lot of studies that, that, are, that have been recently released that say that like 60 to 80% of people in the world, I'm assuming this is especially in the US, aren't fulfilled at work. And that is a staggering result. That is such a high number. So just for that reason and for my personal, from personal experience, I could say that I struggled with this and I think this would be a great discussion to have around finding the things that matter and doing meaningful work. So let's jump into finding your fit and I hope you guys enjoy this session. Make sure you look out for those different points and keep asking yourself throughout this conversation, whether you are fulfilled at work, whether things make sense for you and whether you are utilizing all aspects of your personality to help you match your needs to your work. Hi there, guys, and welcome to today's show. So today is going to be super exciting and I can't wait to just jump in and have a lovely conversation today. So I have been thinking about this for many years. I've been wanting to like find... I wanted to find out more about myself. I wanted to get in touch with who I am, my strengths, my talents, all these cool things just to help me sort of apply myself better in life. And for today, I actually have a guest on who's super, super like prolific in that area of writing and studying. And she's, she's just phenomenal in, in all the work that she has done up to this point. There's so much experience behind this woman. And for today's Yes, I've got Dr. Jane Keyes. So I'm super thrilled to be speaking to, to, to you today, Jane. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for joining me. And I'm excited to just jump in and tap into all these different topics today. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege. It really is. As I said, I am so keen to get like just, I just want to typically jump in with this. But let's, let's, before we kick it off, let's just give people like a brief insight into who Dr. Jane Keyes is, so we don't like miss out on anything special, you know, there's, there's typically the things we see online is not always who the person, you know, fully is. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, I live in uh, Minnesota, which is uh, the state that is smack dab in the middle of the northern border of the United States up against Canada. So we're just coming into uh, spring and I've lived here all my life, but I have traveled, so I'm not as... Uh, Minnesota-centric, as you might think. And, you know, maybe for today's topic, the best way to introduce myself is just that slight, uh, the quickest story I can on how I found my fit. Uh, you know, I was determined to be an English major. I'm a daughter of a librarian and a YMCA executive, and I, I've loved to read since I was little. And halfway through my sophomore year, I was dating somebody whom I didn't marry, but he told me, you know, if you just major in English, you're going to end up copy editing in some back office. If you at least get some other degree like business, you'll have more job opportunities. And so I did. That's why I have a, um, 
undergrad degree in finance was his advice. And that landed me a job at the Federal Reserve Bank, which is our central bank, which anyone who knows me now thinks that's pretty funny that I did that. Uh, two days into the job, my boss asked me to start writing, revising his letters. And I was soon writing speeches for the presidents and other things because uh, the average financial person can't write. So all of a sudden, I was getting to use both sides of my talents. And the only degree that the Fed would pay for was an MBA in finance. So that was the sum total of thought that went into my having an MBA. And I did that work for about the first five years of my life. And I learned all kinds of things you wouldn't expect. Presentation skills, um, how to get along with people who don't think like me, because I am not the average accountant. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, first child came along. Uh, well, actually, they, they refused um, to promote anyone who had an MBA any faster than anyone else, especially since the first four MBAs were females. This is, you know, a long time ago. And so we all, you know, systematically went out and got new jobs uh, just to prove the point. And the friend who stayed went on to be head of audit for all the Federal Reserve. I mean, you know, they just didn't see any merit in women until uh, some other things happened. But, uh, you know, I went, went to that and had my first child, went part-time at one of our, our huge banks and uh, was asked to go full-time again. And my boss at the Fed asked me to come and consult with her. And so all of a sudden I was a consultant doing strategic planning for small banks uh, we had too much of the same skill set, and so we split. And I was thinking, um, now that our second child was on the way, I was going to take advantage of that writing a background that I had, and I was going to write the great American novel. But to write, you have to write. And so I joined a committee that was doing work on helping people find your fit in the spiritual community I belong to. And on that committee were two published authors, one of whom was... Um, one of the top experts in the world on the MBTI, the Myers-Briggs, back when it was fairly new still. And next thing I knew, she'd asked me to edit with her. And I was writing a book on, you know, not my dream project, but it was, it was actually called Using the Strong Interest Inventory in Business and Organizational Settings was my first book. And everything blossomed from there. The work we did at the spiritual community became what's still my best-selling book um, in co-authorship with Sandra Hirsch, the Myers-Briggs person, and um, David Stark, a professional minister. And uh, that opened up working with different companies, people who came to our workshops as we helped them find their fit. And then I was asked to work with a school staff. I was actually asked to do Take Your Child to Work Day at a middle school, so kids 11 to 13 years old. And all of a sudden, I was working in schools. And my husband said, if you're going to be doing all this research, go get your PhD, which I actually have an EDD, which is the professional equivalent. Um, and so all of a sudden, I morphed into um, working with schools. And so I didn't, ex you know, I might talk about planning. And I did have plans. And I do know what I do best. But uh, it's also about continuing to move and seeing what unfolds. You know, there's, it's looking back it's it's kind of funny how things fall into place and play together yeah it reminds me of the idea where steve jobs always speaks about you can only connect the dots looking backward you know yes. looking forward it might not make sense and just listening to that story because i'm sure that i wouldn't be able to find that online i was looking through a lot of stuff and i didn't see that perhaps in some of your books but anyway what i can see from that is also that 
is something that was key for me is is that you didn't just do one job and you like you're still doing that, that job today the one you you know you you started with when you exited uh, university it's like not you don't do this one thing and then that's your thing for life it might change it might pivot so it's one of the things that i can sort of like draw from that story and now the thing i wanted to start with is that i know from the work that you do from finding your fit you definitely specialize in helping people understand themselves better right mm-hmm. and you i'm also aware that this specific book that you wrote was actually made for teens right mm-hmm. but the more i look into this sort of topic and this these issues these days is that i find that more and more adults are actually also struggling with the idea of finding my fit like because so many of us just roll into whatever it might be whatever people especially our parents tell us what we should be doing after school and i just find this happening so like more and more and more and more and people are not intentionally designing their futures or even worse they don't understand themselves they don't know right. who they are they don't know where to start so i, I want to start there i want to start and that's on that sentence of if we want to start creating like this this our own form of success i would say um i would say that it heavily relies on understanding and utilizing what makes us unique right knowing and understanding that and I want to delve into what makes us unique. So if we can start with that question like is that a is that a good place to start if you want to start questioning these things about ourselves and starting to learn ourselves do we ask what makes us unique or what would you say where would we start? That that is where we start. Um actually you know first off is believing that you know things do fit together within yourself. There is something that you are created to do um or that that you can do that furthers your own feeling of fulfillment i'm much more about life liberty and the pursuit of fulfillment which is mm-hmm. you know than the pursuit of happiness which is one of the you know guaranteed things in the united states supposedly <laughs> um but fulfilled people um you know happiness is fleeting fulfillment is long term so you know keeping keeping that straight um i do want to say that find your fit for teens came out of life keys for adults life keys for adults was actually the first um piece of it and then we had adults saying either can our teens attend of course um but just don't sit by each other and then uh also parents saying you've got to take our children through this you know the the impetus for find your fit was um a chief financial officer of a major organization saying you've got to put my daughter through this she wants to be a police officer and no daughter of mine is going to be a police officer she should go to Iowa state she should get a business major this is what you need to do and you know we we did um i one of the things i do recommend is finding a legitimate way to do personality type um there are a lot of freebies out there on the web and they're only about 50% accurate and my fear is always that people will um if you don't find the right type for yourself then it's worthless so um but we took her through the process and she was the personality type most likely to be in police work uh wow and so we told her father you know she's not like you she's not going to go work at a big firm in accounting she's just not uh and we helped her see all the things that the pattern show people with her personality type do besides police work and she actually chose being uh more on the parole officer counseling side of things and she married a police officer and they're still happily married and have three lovely children so you know it it all comes around <laughs> to finding your fit but um 
we actually, you know, recommend using a bunch of different ways to do that. Um, I drank the Kool-Aid on, on personality type. It doesn't predict what you will do, but it shows the patterns that people like you have found fulfilling. And so what it means is um, if you go into one of those areas, you're going to be surrounded by people like you. And, you know, I can tell you working at the bank, I had a few friends that were like me, most of whom are no longer there. Uh, mm -hmm. And then a lot of people who were different. And if you know that, like um, we often find when we're counseling people that all the, they can stay in whatever career they were educated for, but they need to change places. So uh, someone was a, a, just an example, was an accountant at a huge firm. And she's really the sort of person who um, is more likely to be a mother Teresa, just to put something out there. So you quickly understand here. And she found that it, when she moved from this big, actually um, defense company, defense armaments manufacturer to doing accounting for a children's hospital where every dime she could save went toward patient care, then she was happy being an accountant. Whereas when wow. all the money was going toward, not, not that we don't need defense, but it didn't fulfill her. So, you know, you can be, once you understand your motivation, you don't necessarily have to change careers. You just might change where you do it. Um, is something we try and emphasize. That makes sense. So when you say a different place, you mean like how I would understand it as a different role within either your company or within wherever you are every yeah. day. Right. And then, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Let's, let's, let's now sort of like step onto personality here because I know you study tons of personality. That's actually how I discovered you first. And uh, part of that study, I can imagine that it shows us tons of insight of how we show up in the world and you just mentioned motivation like mm -hmm. why or how we are motivated to do the things that we are doing or how we get motivated so what are the benefits of understanding one's personality and how deep should we go into studying our type i mean that could be a rabbit hole i recently bought a few books and it's mind-blowing i mean it's fascinating to see but how deep should we delve into that? Let's start with, with that question. And it's, I'm, I'm thinking it might be an un, unbiased one <laughs> or a biased one, but I'm thinking that an, an unbiased one would be great because you obviously study this field. So for you, it yeah. would be like a, the full win is in personality. It's studying your personality all the way to the end. But what is your, I, I want to get your perspective either way. What, what do you say? So, so a couple, th you know, I, I used to teach the Myers-Briggs certification program. I joke mm. that if I don't know it, one of my closest friends does. I don't, I don't claim to know everything, but I know <laughs> who studied what. And it's yeah. a worldwide community. Um, and uh, the, the, you know, Carl Jung was right. When it, there's, there's criticism of it, but when I bring it down to the basics, have you noticed that there's big picture people and detail-oriented people, Right. There are, yeah. and there's patterns in, um, it's really nice to have, um, you know, I want a detail oriented person flying my airplane, for example, I want them to go through that checklist <laughs> and, and it doesn't mean that everyone can't do it, but it takes mm. more energy. Gotcha. Um, you know, I could have a job driving heavy equipment, but I would be so drained by noon every day. Cause it would take so much energy for me to pay attention to all those things. Um, so that, that's one of the hallmarks of type that, that hmm. we're, we are, have one of those ways of seeing the world. And it's irrational. We can't choose it. You know, if I walk into an art museum with a detail-oriented person uh, and one comes to mind, uh, she will notice 
well, there's 17 paintings and they all look alike. And I'll walk in and go, wow, this is Monet's light study, you know, using haystacks. I see the big picture. She'll get there. You know, five seconds later, she'll be going, oh, look, they're different shades. You know, it's not that we can't. It's where our mind goes first. And then we all know some people are more logical in how they make decisions. They're thinking, if then, pro, con, what's, what's um, <laughs> precedent are we setting? That step into the shoes of other people or values come first or they're mm-hmm. looking at, but this doesn't uphold our community's uh, emphasis on something. And there's almost no good decisions that don't involve both, yet our mind goes one place first. And so, you know, this is where I joke about being uh, in the banking world because I am a values first person. And when you're running an application on whether a small community bank can offer another kind of loan, the people don't matter. <laughs> you know, it's all about the regulations. And so yeah. I was out of my element. Could I do it? Yes. And then pretty quickly, I got moved over to special projects where we were teaching um, better ways to examine the banks using, you know, the, this, is, this is the dark ages, you know, when I was doing this back before um, laptops and PCs and even Excel existed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were just starting to do work on um, this sort of, you know, nuancing of things. So I got into teaching at the Fed and um, using my strengths better. So there are different ways, but this is where type is so valuable because you can tap into what's worked for people like you if you find the right fit. And then of course, there's the extroversion and introversion side, um, which you know, in our um, world of, of lockdown today, you know, it's not as simple as extroverts are going nuts and introverts are happy because mm. um, the introverted world has been invaded, whereas they've usually had more space to themselves to get energized. Yes. Um, and everyone needs people. Everyone needs time alone. The question is how much. Um, so that basic understanding can either help you adjust, help you understand who you're working with, help you just refocus so that your gifts are getting used more in a certain situation. Um, and any, or you can just look at it and say, I am so far from what um, makes me comfortable that I really do need to switch. You know, I did what my parents thought was right. Or, um, you know, our Ivy League schools, Harvard and Yale, there's um, new information on people, like the, the students feel like they're wasting the degree if they aren't majoring in a pre-medicine accounting, business, um, something that's just absolutely certain to bring them a career. And so mm-hmm. they're, they're not looking at the scope of what they could do, um, which is an interesting place that we're at. So that it is my number one, like, how do you actually work at the um, visceral level? How do you take, how do you see the world and how do you make your decisions? Gotcha. So would you also then say that depending on how fulfilled you are with your current work or job or study, that will, that will sort of like determine whether you need to go deep into studying your personality type or not. Yeah. I think if, if you, especially if you don't know what your core motivators are, personality Mm. type can be like a jumpstart to that knowing, you know, I actually am about one-to-one helping people. Or I actually am about making things as efficient and um, at, uh, not proper, but it, I can't think of the word, but, you know, workable, you know, where we're actually doing what we want to do. Or are you more of a systems, like the system isn't working, can we change the system? Or are you more about the, the human 
community and making that work better for everybody. Those, you know, those are the four, um, in a nutshell, the four big motivators. And it's amazing how many people haven't had a chance to really discover that. Okay, right. I'm on the I'm on the same path here. And then another thing I want to point out is what I typically sort of like. It was such a weird way for me to see this because for me it was either or. It was I'm either that, I'm either this. But instead of finding I'm a little bit more of that, instead of just that, instead of like pigeonholing myself in that area, because that to me was the other end of the spectrum where I was lost. Before I was lost, I found the the personality test and I went through it. And then I was, I'm finding my way. I'm finding my flow and my motivators. And then all of a sudden I'm like, but this is only me. Like, wow, what now? I want to do that as well. I, I feel like I wanted to test other things. And I'm in, in the, uh, like in different um, situations, I would tend to show up differently as well. And I think that's just something I wanted to highlight as you just spoke about the test. And also what I can take from what you just said is you say it takes more energy to work against your natural energy, which exactly. is you massive. Can. You know, there, and there's, exa- there's real examples that are very, very important to think about. And actually, Isabel Myers is one. She is the poet type or was the poet type. She felt so strongly about what they'd learned about personality type um, that as she started creating the instrument, she created two statistical methods that no one else used till supercomputers existed. She was correlating 20 items at once on, you know, basically on paper, figuring out how certain patterns played out. So this poet became a mathematician to further her goal. It took massive energy. Um, there's, there's way more to her story, but she was, you know, some of the criticism is, oh, Myers didn't have a degree in finance. So what was she, or stats? So what was she doing creating Mm -hmm. it? Well, um, she was doing what a lot of women born in 1900 did, which was self-educate. Because, you know, she does it. She did have a college degree, but, um, you know, it wasn't the norm. You know, anymore. Thomas Edison didn't have any degree. He only went to school for about five days in his life. And we don't say, well, he wasn't qualified to create the light bulbs we're using every day. So it's the same sort of principle. They were, high, you know, highly educated. Um, and then just to your point, uh, you know, so, so one, find a good instrument and... Um, I don't know if you post resources. Um, yes, there is, yes, I do. There is a tool that's coming out that his goal is to make it the best freebie. Um, and the reports won't be free, but finding your fit will be in, in terms of um, Carl Jung's personality types, which is the framework behind the MBTI. Uh, and then there's a couple other sites that if you, if you want to know, either find someone who really knows what they're doing um, or go to one of the recommended sites or don't do anything because you're, you're more than 50% likely to not find the right fit, which is um, worse than knowing nothing. So. Oh, <laughs> I agree on that. And then on that note, that was actually, I was going to sort of go into that question of if we wanted to just perhaps think about uh, our personality a little bit more, if we just wanted to explore your, your advice would be to get to a professional and start using their tools and what they suggest? Or is there some other thing that we can perhaps start today after this discussion to just find out a little bit more? Because I saw there's a 16personalities, I think, .com sort of website online. And Uh I think I did my test through that. And I found out I was an INFJ uh, type. And um, that that helped me. But I'm not sure what Mm -hmm. you would recommend. I haven't seen the stats on that. the, the ones that I, you know, so, so I'm, I'm truly like, I know a lot of them, um, a lot of, what's the name of it? 
Uh, it'll come to me in a second. I know, I know a few of them are less than 50% accurate because someone's actually looked at it. Uh, we wow. have one at um, 16 style types that's not a quiz. We purposely didn't put questions. So you get to listen. I mean, this, this sounds crazy, but, you know, you're, it's not about fashion. It's about how you present yourself. And, uh, you know, we make our buying. De- if you think about taking in information and making decisions, that's all about how we present our style, right? So there's a huge um, style connection. And we purposely put together an exploratory process where you can hear us talk about it, you can look at information, um, you make your decisions going forward. Uh, and if you're interested in, um, you know, the fact that people do judge you based on appearance and how you put that appearance forward, um, it does vary by type, what feels, feels right, then um, it's a worthwhile investment. It's not free, but you'll also get all that information. Um, I don't have the, they're just changing the website of the other one that is under development, which is, they have like a, there's all kinds of things they do on the site, but one of them is a swipe left, swipe right on um, which characteristics are most like you. And so they've really put a lot into almost different modalities of thinking about yourself. So I'm really excited about that. And then typecoach.com has one of the best, um, yes, you need to pay for it, but that's because it's, Mm. it's. Um, about 90% accurate, which is wow. about as good as you can get without talking to a practitioner. So, um, and, and again, I don't know how, how accurate 16 um, personality, whatever, whatever their website is. Um, th- they have a lot of good information on their site. It is a good site. Yeah, I think as we as we like progress through this week, I'll just if there are any updates to websites or resources that you feel you wanted to sort of like advocate and share then I'd more I'd be more than happy to add that to the show notes of this episode. So now I can start to sort of like understand personality more as we speak about this. I can see how that fits into how we can then tap into our uniqueness in a way and how we can start tapping into our gifts and our talents. And I know that in Find Your Fit you speak about our spiritual gifts. I just mm-hmm. wanted I was wondering like, what do you mean by that? Is it, is it like a different word for talent? Is it, is there a differentiation between that and talents? Like what, what is we, well, we have those separate, we have those separate in that hmm. book. Um, and, uh, part of it th- that came out of uh, our spiritual community and, uh, it's a, it was a mainline Protestant church that was very interested in helping people figure out if, if you're going to do volunteer work, let's find something that, that fits you. Um, hmm. but what happened was about, 70% of the people attending the course were doing job counseling. You know, they found out that Sandra Hirsch, MBTI guru, was teaching this thing at the local church. <laughs> and, you know, for $80, you could come to an eight-week course. And, you know, people aren't dumb. That's a great value. But um, what I will say is this, the spiritual gifts piece, um, that we, that there's a biblical piece to this that says... Um, you have been created with something that you do really well. And they're not spooky. You know, they're things like, you know, do you have the gift of leadership? Do you have the gift of administration, which is different, you know, organizing versus getting the vision going? Um, Are you a teacher? Are you someone who can shepherd people through difficult times? And um, so there is that piece. And, you know, we, we taught that course in all kinds of secular settings as well. And we'd offer the spiritual gifts, you know, if you don't want to, if you think it's going to be, um, you know, everybody's, you know, every religion has stereotypes around it as to what we don't want to experience. If, you, if you're worried about it, don't come. And almost everybody would come and they'd go, oh, that was fine. Because we don't talk <laughs> about who's in or out. We just talk right. about mm. what's 
going on. Uh, and the talents, um, you know, it's the difference. You know, I can play the piano, but uh, I'm not gifted at the piano. You wouldn't want to listen to me play. I can practice and get harder and get better at it. But, gotcha. you know, the talents, um, and then maybe that's a bad example because it's always how we think about it. But, you know, we are hardwired in ways that make us better at, um, you know, the talents include things like networking. Uh, it includes um, being investigative, you know, actually wanting to, um, you know, you, might, you probably have a piece of that if you delved into several books on the Myers-Briggs versus just, you know, going to the website and pulling out what you needed to know for your purpose. Yeah. Uh, mm. it, it does include driving heavy equipment, which is why that <laughs> always comes up. It's one of my husband's gifts. It's not one of mine. Um, <laughs> you know, so, you know, or being artistic, you know, there's, there's these wide categories and uh, that it's, it's a different, you know, so, so you know, our materials are about, let's look at ourselves in many ways, because sometimes we already know, yeah, yeah, I'm an extrovert and I got to be around people. And of mm. course I have a talent for leadership. I've been leading since I was in Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts or Girl Guides or whatever. And uh, all of a sudden they get to, um, maybe it's even the value sort. And they go, oh my gosh, my number one value is being a lifelong learner. And if I stay in the same career, it doesn't fit my need of being, you know, it, it gives them permission. And so the aha comes out of one of them, you know, and I can't always know which one it'll be. So I do encourage, you know, not going nuts, trying to peg yourself in, you know, so mm. many different ways, but having more than one way to look at yourself so you don't feel pigeonholed. On that note, don't you think we all should be lifelong learners? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it comes in, you know, my... Um, <laughs> My grandfather gave, my father gave us a little sign the day we went to college that said, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. Mm, gotcha. So it has been part of my philosophy. Mine as well. I just, I just see so much growth and so much empathy and so much vision in someone who's, who's able to keep learning, you know, uh, very humble. If you're able to open up, learn, change, pivot, keep moving forward, progress and grow as a person. So I absolutely love that. That's why... Personally, it's a belief for me. And that's why I ask you, like, do you think it's belief or it should be like a belief for everyone? It should be like a cornerstone belief that you should be, you know, a lifelong learner, always growing, always changing. But nonetheless, uh, back to uh, personalities and talents, all these things. So what about the people that were never taught how to use or discover their talents? I think I picked up a word a little bit earlier and you said volunteering. You said mm -hmm. it was like in the action of the thing. So mm -hmm. what that tells me what I can take from that is that if we want to start uncovering our talents, if we are perhaps lost, we don't know what our talents are, we, we, we are unsure what our talents are, is a great way of going about finding the talent, doing an actual thing, putting yourself mm -hmm. out in the world, testing things, doing things that you perhaps didn't think of or, you know, in a way, getting out of your comfort zone. It's... And I, you know, schooling around the world has us testing talents in only a very few areas. Exactly. And it can be that you come from a family or a community where you don't get a chance to test what, you know, your talents might be. So that's one of, you know, I mentioned my first book was on the strong interest inventory. And you can go out on the web and find um, Strong's, or it's, it's Holland's um, interest areas in the world of work. And there's six of them. 
It's um, the realists that you know want to work with their hands. They solve mechanical problems. There are yeah. a lot of our first responders. There's the investigators who, yes, there are scientists, but there are also our research librarians and um, you know many other areas. There's our artists. That's kind of obvious, but there's a creativity in many fields that people don't think about. You know, mm. so um, you know you mentioned Steve Jobs. He wanted to make a dent in the universe by bringing together the humanities and um, technology. You know, so definitely that artistic bent for anyone who's proudly held a new iPhone. <laughs> um, and uh, then there's the socials who, yes, you know, want to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. There's the enterprisers and we need good leaders in all aspects of life. And then there's the conventionals who keep things running for the rest of us is one way to look at them. They often have creative uh, bents, but they barely get a chance to use them because the rest of us are so messy that they're constantly trying to put <laughs> things back <laughs> in place. Um, so if you can, you know, a lot of people haven't had experiences to know that they've never had a chance to get to one of them. So it's a handy way to think through what do I like best? You know, um, you know, I'll never yeah. forget being in a, in a meeting, a school principal and I were working with the head of special education for a major school district who is showing us how to keep our paperwork straight for all the children with special needs. And so you had a blue folder for this and a yellow folder for this. And then you had four folders marked A, B, and C, and D Organized. for this. And all this stuff. And when she left, um, you know, my, the principal said, someone who has a job worse than mine. And I said, isn't it wonderful that someone has that job that yes. loves to do it? And um, I celebrate those people because I need it. But so mm. often they don't feel gifted. <laughs> Man, all you have to do, I mean, you can kind of see a little bit of my office. I wish I had one living here to, <laughs> to tell me, you just need four files. And you can... <laughs> so, yeah, so they yeah, find it, you know, using something that helps mm. you see what haven't I tried. Um, to, to just make sure you haven't locked yourself, you haven't um, accidentally been locked off from what might be what you really belong doing. Yeah, great insight. And I think as we now start to sort of take the next step, which is now to use that and to start designing and creating your future in advance, you know, as much as you possibly can, um, or at least influence it, right? Um, mm -hmm. I feel that there's a lot of things in our way. There might be so many responsibilities and we've got external pressures and we've got all these external, usually external expectations. So how do we, how do we navigate that if we want to start using these things or start exploring more of these things? Now we want to start, you know, we want to start creating a different future, Jane. We want to start creating a different future for, for our children or for our families or for ourselves at least. How do we do that in the midst of everything that's happening, especially now in, you know, during COVID-19 and during this period where people perhaps have more on their plate than they might have had before or more challenges. So what is your take on that? What would your approach be? And of course, some people have less, mm -hmm. you know, this, yeah. we're all in the same boat, but it will, no, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. You know, I'm, I'm a little stymied in being able to, to do the um, facilitating and the, the teaching in person. That is what I've put all my effort into developing yes. my talents yes. toward. Um, but there's a couple things. I think people often look at this whole pathway of finding their fit as if they're on a tightrope and they're walking really carefully, trying to make sure they don't misstep. And if they misstep, they're going to ruin the rest of their lives. 
And gotcha. I like to change that. I, and I know, you know, I come from the land of 13,000 lakes in Minnesota uh, and we water ski all summer long, but I'm sure you've seen pictures of it where, you know, you're holding onto a tow rope and the boat is taking you and you're inside the wake of the boat, but you can go outside and have all kinds of fun. Um, well, mostly fun, <laughs> but if you fall, you know, it's not like falling off a tightrope. Every yeah. time you fall water skiing, the boat comes around and picks you up and brings the rope right to you and you get back up and you start again, uh, hopefully a little wiser about what just happened. And I think it's a really good analogy for figuring out what you do best. Uh, I, I can't say uh, there isn't fear because there is or anxiety or, you know, what financial risk am I taking? But the bigger picture of, uh, you know, I think of my own banking work that now gives me street cred with the secondary math teachers I work with, you know, that I haven't taught um, secondary mathematics, but I've actually done modeling in the real world. And I've taught financial analysts how to examine banks for risk. So when I'm with the secondary math teachers, I've got street cred because of my real world experience. And they trust me with other things because what I've done with teachers in other areas, it was not wasted. Um, you know, and there's been a few other things where that, that MBA has snuck around and supported what I wanted to do in ways that are just hilarious. Um, and Unexpected. so, yeah, nothing's wasted. And, uh, you know, skills, I, I built um, so many of my presentation skills talking to bank leaders, not anything that had to do with education. So nothing's wasted. I definitely love that you say that that you say that because I feel that my personality type tends to want to fixate on a certain outcome on a certain, I've got these expectations that are set and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know if it's if it, like, if it was ingrained in me as a child or whether that's just who I am, I'm not sure, but whatever shaped me and got me to where I am today, it, it has this influence on me where I think I should know what the outcome should be of whatever I'm pursuing. Like I'm always wanting to control that, that outcome, or I'm saying that's how it should be. And then in the same sense, I'm not taking action because you're afraid that it might not turn out the way it should. And you're saying, just do it, just go for it, just take the action, just do whatever. In some way, shape or form, it's going to come back, assist you. And once again, we, we bring up the quote of looking back in hindsight or looking in hindsight and then saying, right, I can now see why that made sense. I can now mm -hmm. see why I had to take that step. I can now see what that taught me or how I was supposed to grow out of that situation or whatever it might have been to get to where I am. That's what I'm taking mm -hmm. from, from what you just said. Is that, mm -hmm. is that correct? Yeah, it's um, looking, you know, there's a, there's a whole body of research. I mean, resilience is talked about up the wazoo, but there's a specialty called hardiness, H-A-R-D-I-N-E-S-S. -S, and one of the huge components is, you know, setting aside what you can't control, you know, understanding what you can and can't control. Um, and, you know, one of the things we do when we hold Life Keys workshops is say, how many of you at some point have been made redundant or fired from your job? And in that audience, 90% of the hands will go up. And I say, how many of you in hindsight realize that was, it was really good that it happened? And pretty much all the hands stay up. That either they really were someplace that didn't fit or they moved to someplace that fit better or they m learned a lesson because they were like, you know, I've had, I've coached people where they're going, I really messed this up. I can't do that in another job. You know, I wasn't, um, 
you know, I didn't realize how I wasn't fitting in or, mm. or supporting my team until I was actually let go. Um, yeah. So the, the lesson is there. Um, and we have to, to believe, you know, take the time, you know, developing and finding your fit takes some reflection to just sit back, um, not beating yourself up, but trying to understand what happened. Do you feel there's a, there's a different approach for the different personalities as they try and find their or discover their talents or rather create their talents in some ways? Do you think, or do you find rather, there's, there's different approaches for each personality type, like how that fits in with how you discover how you, because now we are saying take some action, but I'm just wondering what that means for some you know, for different personalities, because I'm seeing like the extrovert going all out and just testing everything where the introvert might have a different approach. But if, what is your discoveries on that? There are definitely patterns to what works and what gets in our way, which Mm. is, which is a huge topic. I think one of the shortcuts um, is positiveintelligence.com has a tool called the saboteur assessment. And uh, my colleague, Ann Holm, whom I know you've talked with, she's on your website somewhere. She yes. and I've done a lot of work correlating, pers- not correlating, but, you know, if this is your personality, and by the way, my preferences are INFJ as well. Um, if, if these are your nice. preferences and this is your saboteur, how does that play out? And the saboteurs are um, absolutely accessible. If I say someone's saboteur that gets in, that, that tells them lies, that keeps them from doing things. If I tell you there's a vic- they're a victim, do you know who I'm talking about? Or if I say they're a hyperachiever to where, you know, the instant they reach a goal, they're reaching for something else. And so they're never good enough. Yes. Or, you know, the, the hypervigilance in this day of COVID-19 who are thinking the lie is if I do everything, I can protect everyone I love from this. And it's not true. Um, you can't. Or um, you, something you said made me wonder if like me, you're a controller where if everyone would just follow my plan, <laughs> you know, that's it, that we could get to where we want to go. Um, <laughs> and so there's nine of these. Um, I have yet to have a client, you know, they, they always look at it and they look at the description and the lies your saboteur tells you and how it plays out. Um, and excuse my French, but most people go, oh shit. Yeah, this is, and it's, it has um, been invaluable to me um, in this time of quarantine, you know, being, even though I love my husband, you know, just remembering, um, how I can sabotage myself, uh, and also getting through some other huge things or recognizing what's going on with someone else. And there are some correlations with, with type. There are certain personalities where everybody's got the same saboteurs and there are others that show a whole lot more variety, but, um, it can tell you the lie that's telling yourself that's keeping you from moving forward. And um, it's his book, Shazad Shamin's book, Positive Intelligence, really, I think, is one of the best compliments to type that I have uh, encountered. And I work with a lot of tools because, again, people get the insights at different from, you know, in different ways. And so uh, I'm not, you know, type does form my foundation and I found it so useful. But often it's these bringing that in with something else that has people go, now I know why I'm really stuck or yes. now I really know, um, you know, trying to control things you can't control is, um, for me or, you know, or that keeps me going forward or it actually is a reflection piece on, all right, what's not controllable here? Like 
COVID-19, but what can I control? Like meeting my book deadline on Sunday, you know, and, and well, Friday, I guess, but I turned it in Sunday. That's close enough. Um, (laughs) You know, or, you know, keeping my attitude in a certain way or whatever it is, um, the things I can control, which is a mark of, of hardiness is really taking the time to think about that. I'm so happy you brought that up during this conversation, like towards the end. And also it's such a beautiful way also to just get to the end of the conversation because we, we went through all the ways that you can sort of empower yourself and get to the point where you start understanding yourself and getting into tapping into things like your talents and, you know, your uniqueness and your personality and understanding that to see what can drive you forward, what can help you move forward. How can you use that to apply yourself better in life? How can you use that to be more effective? start creating future by design. But then on the same end of that, there's another side to that. So we're not just having this one-sided conversation of, cool, what can you do? And, you know, how do we move forward? But instead also look to the other side and say, but what can hold you back as well if you go into that direction? Like look out Mm -hmm. for those things. So the saboteurs, I think that's an amazing insight for anyone because that's one thing also that was massive to me. I haven't probably studied enough on this topic, but I think it would be critical for anyone that perhaps they are in the stage where they know their personality, they know their talents, but there's still something holding them back. There's still that one thing that's not allowing them to create a fulfilling future, you know, or, or at least a future that looks like something they want to go towards and be fulfilled on the way there. So mm-hmm. massive insight. I'm so happy that you brought us or brought us to this point because now that's going to lead me into the last part. And the last part is just three questions that I want to ask you that are quite short. It's, it's a way to sort of summarize what we've been speaking about. So number one, what is one small action that we can take today after this discussion just to ensure that we're utilizing the most of our personality, our gifts, and our talents? You know, I would start probably with going to a really good site that has a description of the four temperaments that are tied to type because those are the core motivators. And if you can make sure that whatever you're aiming for fits with those motivators, some of which are more celebrated in certain communities or families or workplaces than others, then you can't be far off because at least your core need will be met. And that's so crucial. Second question, what is one thing that we can stop doing that's perhaps limiting our ability to create a future of design and fulfillment? I think it's stop trying to get it all right before you start. And this is where I'd say, you know, go look at the saboteurs. Mm. Are you a restless who keeps looking for the one, you know, searching to keep finding the right thing or an avoider who, um, Mm. uh, I'll think about it tomorrow, not today, or, you know, (laughs) Um, you know, like I said, that you know, talking about the controller or, or these others, it's it's just that that pop insight that can really make people uh, go, oh my gosh, this is true. And the only other reaction I have from people is they go, I don't want to be this one. And I say, well, read the other ones. You'll find out they're all just as awful because they are our defense mechanisms. It's the lie we tell ourselves to protect. You know, we all want to belong. We all need to feel safe. Um, we all need to feel autonomous. And these these saboteurs come out of our um, ways that we developed in childhood to meet those needs. So that, that pop of, oh my gosh, I'm a restless. No wonder I haven't gotten anywhere uh, is, I think, really helpful. 
I resonated so much with the first uh, answer you gave me and <laughs> the first uh, example as well. <laughs> but I mean, we can relate with many as well. That's what I've also found. Yeah. So last question is just what question could you share with, with my audience to perhaps, or, or something that they can go and ask themselves afterwards to dig a little deeper into discovery of themselves, dig a little deeper into what makes them tick or what makes them stop. What is that one question that you feel could be highly valuable? There is this piece of what would you like to see change that I think drives us at, can drive a person at many levels. And I always want to emphasize that some people are meant to do big picture changes and some people it's small picture changes and it, it matters just as much whether the, one of the examples we always use is uh, the, the person who figured out how to network all the homeless shelters in Seattle, Washington so that there'd never be someone out of the streets in the cold. They could fit, quickly find out where to go. Mm. That's a big picture solve of a problem versus um, the woman who said, I can, help the latchkey children, the children that come home to my apartment building and the parent isn't there because the parent's working. I can bake cookies. The, co- the children can check in with me. You know, very small picture, just the little mm. ones in her building, but a huge gift to everyone. So um, don't beat yourself up for the wet, what you want to see change. It can be very small, um, but often our motivation comes to... Um, comes from, boy, I'd like to be at a company where, or I'd like to be in a job where. So that is one reflective question aside, because there's many, many roads to help mm-hmm. that change, whether it's oh. joining with somebody else or re, you know, getting the skill you need or getting to the place you need. But it's a core question that I think um, works for almost everyone if we, if we let go of somebody else's vision of what should change. I love that. Super powerful, super relevant, and super accurate. I think it's a, that's a power question to shift your focus. So if you've been listening all the way, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to end now. And I just want to ask you, Jane, where can we get a hold of you if we want to learn more about you or get in touch or read some books? Where do we go? My website's janekeezy.com. And so everything's out there as far as what I do and what I link to. Excellent. Super simple. I'm going to add that link into the show notes of this episode. So you don't have to go and search over I found it very easily. Either way, I'm going to add it in the show notes. And then closing question is, in what way, Jane, would you like to inspire, empower, or motivate the world? My piece is education. Mm. You know, if every child walked into their last day of public education with as much enthusiasm as they did on the first, because most of us are excited about getting to school and really were fostered in finding their way to learn and be educated, then we would have a world of people that um, were not only lifelong learners, but were thinking about things and um, understanding and um, knowing more about other people too. So that's all. I just want to change the world of education so that all of us can find fulfillment. Simple. <laughs> Absolutely love that. It's personal to you. It's simple, but it's also profound to so many others out there. So I just want to end by saying thank you for just leading that field, you know, being a leader in that field. Thank you for people helping people just find their gifts, uh, their spiritual gifts. Thank you for helping people uncover their talent and helping them understand their personality so they can also apply themselves better, create a vision that is 
fulfilling and also by design. And yeah, thank you for all the impactful work in the world. I think there's going to come much, much more from you as we follow your story and your, your journey. And thank you for being on the show. I really, I really admire the work that you do and that the fact that you're helping people finding their fit. Thank you. And thank you for having the show so that more people get more insights into uh, finding their potential. Massive pleasure. I'll talk to you soon, Jane. Cheers. Thank you. And there we just wrap up another episode. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. I hope that you got some insight throughout this episode. If you did enjoy any part of this discussion, I would highly recommend and encourage you to share this with someone else. You never know what impact it could have on someone else's life. Share this episode, share a snippet, share something that you learned within this episode as you improve your own learning and your own understanding of certain topics. And also on the same note, if you can help someone else in their own life. So this is how we're going to expand. This is how we're going to strengthen our mindset, stretch our thinking, or rather expand our thinking. Think bigger, think bigger, think exponentially and just you know you know improve ourselves every single day my last call to action today would be that if you did enjoy this episode jump onto our community which is called the hive mind you can find that on the website on exploringpossibility.co.za and also uh, via facebook if you search hive mind or exploring possibility you'll find our community group where we dive into the topics deeper, where we every single day continue to explore the best versions of ourselves, where we explore possibility. If that sounds like you, if you are someone who is committed to improving yourself, if you are amped to get beyond your your situation, your current circumstances, and grow into a bigger and better version of yourself, get onto that group. I'm excited to have you there and I'm excited to see you there. So that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed. I'll see you guys in the next episode of Exploring Possibility. And remember, don't be afraid to go and explore and find that possibility, guys. Keep expanding your potential.